It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Could Alex Lindstrom go from undrafted free agent signing to Cowboys starting center in week one? Lynn and I will break down some of the Cowboys' top free agent signings in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I am Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, this kicks off uh, one of my favorite weeks of podcasting with you. We're talking undrafted free agent signings. I, I love talking about these guys because we don't talk about very many of these guys at all during the draft process. And now that they're with the Cowboys, we can talk about how they fit, can they make the roster. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. But how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. You know, you, you know what this always reminds me of is how close we are to uh, to training camp and to mini, rookie mini camps, which obviously I think could kick out kick off today, if I'm not mistaken, or th- at least this mm-hmm. week. So, uh, yeah, as w- once we start getting into this process, my appetite starts getting wet for uh, for Oxnard and for training camp, and I get it, it, excited. And these signings are important. I, I remember us doing the show uh, about this time of year when the Cowboys signed Terrence Steele. And we talked about mm-hmm. Terrence Steele as a prospect coming out of Texas Tech, as a guy who, hey, maybe he improves his strength and some of his wh- footwork. Maybe he could be a, uh, you know, an NFL player. And little did we know, four months later, he was going to be starting what, week one in the NFL yeah. season for the Cowboys. So that's why these shows are important. It's easy. It's easy to write off these guys. I mean, you yes. know, they have a long shot compared to the draft picks. You know, there's just not a lot of uh, a success. I mean, there's not a high percentage of success stories of undrafted free agents making the NFL. But if you're a Cowboys fan, you could easily rattle off a list of many Cowboys contributors and several Cowboys greats that were undrafted free agents. So uh, I think it's it's good to pay special attention here. All right. So today we're going to take a look at two offensive line players that the Cowboys signed and a pass rusher. Um, but just one general note about the undrafted free agent signings. Actually, two. First of all, this class is really good for the Cowboys. Like, there's a lot of guys that very easily could have been drafted and been drafted in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. Uh, this is one of the deepest classes that I remember for the Cowboys. And number two, this is one of the older classes that I've yeah. seen uh, the Cowboys have. And that's probably because of the, the COVID year in 2020, right? A lot of these guys had an extra year of eligibility. And somebody like Lindstrom went back to school for that fifth year, uh, got more playing time, and now has a pretty good shot at making the roster. So any just big takeaways from this class? 
I think you mentioned it. The, the, those two things really kind of stick out. And obviously, both are related to the COVID situation, right? There was uh, older players who got an extra year of eligibility, and then there's also just a glut of players that, like we talked about, the kind of what would normally be the drafted middle class of the NFL that are coming out as seniors or, or fifth-year juniors, <laughs> which is a crazy thing to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are... Uh, you know they're they're not getting drafted when they normally would in a normal draft because there's just so many players that are coming out that all fit in that kind of fifth to priority free agent uh, area. So uh, I think a lot of teams are probably very happy with their with their undrafted haul. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know that the Cowboys certainly are. I will add one more thing, just kind of a ten thousand foot view of the undrafted free agents. They definitely fall into two categories, uh, very distinct categories, and I, and this may seem obvious, but I think even more so than normal, they fall into the high floor, low athleticism situation where they're very well-refined players, players who understand their technique but are just athletically limited that probably aren't going to get too much better. And then the only athletic, don't know how to play football types that are you're going to have to basically teach from the ground up. I think all three of these guys that we're going to talk about kind of fall into that first bucket, uh, and we'll kind of get into that a little bit in particular. Or there's maybe one of these guys that is a pretty good athlete and has a lot of experience, but maybe he's just a tad undersized. And let's uh, let's go ahead and talk about our first guy, uh. Alex Lynch, uh, a center prospect from Boston College. Uh, a lot of people had some high grades on him. I know Dane had his, him as a sixth or seventh round uh, player. I know Lance Zerline had him as a sixth or seventh round guy. I know some people at PFF had him in the fourth or fifth round. Uh, but when you went and watched Alex Lynch's tape, what did you think? Well, first of all, I mean, just to preface this, I was an Alec Lindstrom fan going into the draft. Yeah. I mean, you and I had talked about him beforehand, uh, and it was great to kind of go back and watch. And and I, and I do agree that I think of these guys, three guys, he's probably the most uh, athletic. Uh, but I would also say that that generally speaking, he doesn't have a ton of athletic upside, right? Like yeah. he's not go- he's not going anywhere from here. I think, right. He's probably uh, maxed out, right? Yeah, and, and I, you know, what I saw is he's he's an undersized uh, offensive lineman with average length and hands, uh, very easy moving athlete. Everything with him is is quick. Uh, he's just he's he's he knows what he's doing. He gets through his process quickly. He goes from assignment to assignment without any wasted motion. He's not going to win a sprint. He's not going to you know he's not going to like be the fastest lineman on your team by any stretch of the imagination. But his process happens quick. Every, he's not he knows either. Like he's not. No, no, he's heavy, he's, not, he's not a heavy guy at all. He's not a sprinter. But you watch his game and you see him moving quickly, right? Right? Like, and I think that that's a, a, a short area quickness, an ability to get to the second level. Uh, you know, those kind of things. Uh, I, I think you know he's not. He certainly isn't slow. Uh, but for a guy who's undersized, he also isn't like elite quick either. I think I think a lot of it has to do with his processing speed and that sort of thing. Uh, he gets to the second level after securing the nose to the guard in, in, in inside zone very quickly. I mean, he just understands what he's doing very well, and you know, gets through that process really quick. Knows where his targets are, takes solid steps. He doesn't have any wasted motion getting to the second level, so it looks very clean, very quick. Uh, he has the right temperament, but not the right power in his lower half to kind of match that. So there, you know, he has that kind of finisher mentality, uh, but he's not going to drive dudes into the ground. He's not, uh, he's just doesn't have that kind of core power. I, I think he is executing, you know, he always knows the assignment and most of the time he can uh, execute it f- f- uh, well, but the times that he can't is because he can't physically execute it. You know, it's, it's, he's not strong enough. He's not, 
uh, uh, powerful enough to drive guys off the off the off the ball. He's more of a kind of a shield blocker, which when you're talking about a center is okay, you know, mm-hmm. because you can you can work in combo blocks to get to the second level. If you're shielding off a linebacker, if you're finishing a linebacker in, in, while the uh, running back's getting behind you, that's good enough for sure. Um, in pass protection, I have concerns about uh, him taking on kind of bigger, stronger, uh, the guys super athletic type. Yeah, the, the, the NFL level tight defensive tackles, right? Those guys that are both big and fast, right? Those are the kind of guys you definitely just don't want to leave Lindstrom alone on an island with those guys. Not that that happens very often with with uh, uh, centers, but you're seeing a lot more of these uh, very fashionable, and frankly, our defense runs it all the time, those kind of 5-0 fronts where they're trying to isolate each one of these guys on a defensive lineman. So I have some concerns there. I think, you know, hopefully with two big guards playing on either side of them, that would be mitigated a lot. Uh, but that is something that, that to keep an eye on. I have to ask because I, 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 you know, it's just, it's a thing, right? Are QBs bothered by a left-handed center? I, I obviously not. I will say that it's odd to watch. And I had this issue with Creed Humphreys too, watching the tape uh, and, and just seeing it, it looks weird, right? <laughs> to see Like to see the hand on the wrong side of the ball, it's just, it's like, it's it's different, but I don't think it should bother anyone. But it's it's different. It's something worth pointing out. Um, uh, where does he win? Experienced, intelligent execution. He just you know he knows what he's doing. He has enough athleticism to, to get it done. Uh, and and I and he it, it makes his game look a lot quicker than I mean look quick because of of just confidence and and wait a few way, little wasted motion. Uh, unanswered question. Can he make himself useful enough to hang on a roster? Is he good enough as a center to uh, be a backup right away? Because I don't know that he's going to be able to contribute a ton as a, as a special teamer. I think that you know he, if he hits his upside here, he could he be a starting center? Absolutely, I think he could. Um, if he doesn't, and if he isn't that kind of athlete. I worry that a center-only prospect is tough to fit on your roster if you can't find a spot for him. You know, it's 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 a he's not like I said not gonna play a bunch of special teams, so he's got to really make an impression as a center. I you know his tape shows that he can do that. Mm-hmm. The question is like, is the athleticism enough to kind of you know influence the coaches to keep, kind of keep him around and potentially you know hang him around and, and work towards improving him in the future despite the fact that he doesn't really have a ton of athletic upside and that's that's the question here right because if he's if he's not the starter he's gonna have to be on the practice squad it's just as simple as it is right like you're just yeah. not going to be on the roster if you are a backup center only so can he beat out tyler biotish in year one Landon? and i'm mean, he's very experienced 47 games he appeared in 37 starts um what do you think? I think that, you know, it's it's not just it's him. It's Farniak as well. Uh, clearly, we've heard a lot about Farniak. They are huge fans of him. I think he's going to get some snaps at center. Um, I still think Farniak's – I mean, I could be wrong. But I, I think Farniak's more likely to be on the roster because he can play multiple positions. He just has more size, right? I, I wonder – I mean, Farniak could end up being the starter, but I almost wonder if they want him more to be that Swiss Army knife inside. Maybe, you know, I, I think you know, that's that's the question that you've got is that like if you make Farniak your starter, who's your kind of swing inside guys? Do you suddenly look at Biotish for that? It can Biotish play guard. Uh, you know, we'll talk about uh, MP in a little bit, but 
I, I have concerns that both of these guys, you know, uh, we've heard a little bit that, not to talk about him early, but we've heard a little bit that Impy may play guard, but I don't know, man. Wow, like, that, man. Both of these guys are undersized, and I don't know that they're going to get a lot bigger. Um, I I think that Lindstrom can push for that starting center job if he has a really good training camp, you know, could push for, for a roster spot. Uh, but I could easily see a situation where he's just not as good as those other two guys, and he just can't find a way to make himself useful enough to hang around on the proper roster, and, and, and either ends up as a practice squad guy, or you know, more likely to get poached by another team. I've got a feeling we're gonna know right away with Lindstrom. Like we'll know yep. like a week into camp, right? Like if if power is just becoming an issue early on in camp, and he's just not able to overcome it. That's probably all she wrote for him as a for him as a starting center. But if that's not the the issue, he looks similar to Biotish. Cowboys might opt to go with Lindstrom because he's cheaper. They have more you know control over his contract. Plus, I do think Biotish probably because he has more size probably is a better option to keep inside as a swing guard. Even though we've really never seen him do that, but I like Lindstrom. I don't know that I would project him as going to be the starter or anything like that, but I think he's a he. To me, he's probably the best free agent signing they've had of all these guys. Not to spoil the the, the rest of the shows, but he's probably the guy that I like the best out of all of their free agent signings. Yeah, and it's not surprising. I mean, he's definitely the, a name that we knew pretty well going into the situation, yeah. and not just because he played next to Zion Johnson. I mean, he he was a, a, a draft prospect of his own right, so. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think you know if he played any other position, I would say that this that he has had a good chance to make the roster. And it's not that the depth is great at center; it's just that center only type prospects. It's a it's a tough needle to thread. Yep. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's take a quick break so we can tell you guys about Bet Online. Uh, Bet Online is the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, uh, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's N- uh, NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting, the playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, the next guy, Landon, that we're going to talk about is another center. Uh, This one from BYU, James Empey. Uh, A little bit older of a prospect. is still a very, very small, undersized center, but... James Empey, a 26-year-old rookie from BYU. What did you think? I, I'm not shocked that you uh, you highlighted his age multiple times before we even got into the guy. Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> we, you don't see 26-year-old rookies very often. Uh, this is uh, this is why this draft is very unique in that sense, right? He had two years as an LDS relig- in his LDS religious mission. He redshirted his 2017 season. 
Uh, yeah, and then he's just been. I, I think he actually technically came out. No, no, he was a senior. I was gonna say he was. He wasn't one of these fifth or sixth year juniors that you actually have seen. Um, so yeah, I mean, I saw a similar situation as far as like a uh, uh, body, right? He's average height for an off interior offensive line, but he's slightly under three hundred pounds. He's got average length. I, I think the difference between these two players is that Impy has a little bit of a thicker lower half. It looks like to me. Um, but it doesn't really show up much. I mean, he's not like, you know, a lot, a lot more powerful than Lindstrom is. Um, you know, we, we've heard, like you said, I think Broadus mentioned that they potentially could be looking at him as a guard. I mean, I don't know where he's going to add room to, you know, he's, he's not even 300 pounds yet. And I don't know where he's going to add growth there. I mean, he's got, like I said, a lot of weight already in his lower half. He's going to need to add it up, up top. I don't know that there's a lot of growth potential there. Um, you know, he has missed 10 out of the last 25 games in the last two seasons with a right ankle injury. I couldn't find out any specifics about that injury. I, I looked everywhere, uh, but it was both, both, it was two different injuries, one for four games and one for six games in 2020 and 2021 on the same right ankle, which is a little bit scary, you know? So mm -hmm. I would like to know maybe a little bit more about that, but uh, I, I wonder if. You know, I will say that I think that his athleticism that you see, we have it up here for those of you watching on YouTube, uh, the, his relative athletic score. I can't, I'm having a hard time um, uh, matching the athletic testing to the tape. I, I don't know if you had yeah, that problem as well. It seems like he's a much better athlete than what the testing numbers show. It's really the explosion stuff is what hurts. A yeah. so 25 inch vertical is pretty rough. I have to wonder if that isn't all related to still recovering from his right ankle injury. It's possible. You know, um, it, it's just because like it just does not the, – the tape and the athletic testing just doesn't jive. He that looks like a us much – old guys have a hard time jumping. But, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I, I might be able to manage a 26-inch uh, vertical, <laughs> maybe. Uh, I, yeah, but I, I think if you watch his tape, you know, he moves pretty, pretty well. I mean, similar to Lindstrom, I would say – uh, uh, he, what, the thing that's really impressive about him is that he uses great leverage. He, uh, he, he's on his feet all the time. He's just, he doesn't have, he's very, uh, clean mover. He's, he's, he's got great balance. He just isn't on the ground very much, uh, which is you know, a, a thing that you, you look for with a lot of these offensive linemen is how well are they able to stay up and continue the assignment. Uh, he will need assistance in, in versus power and pass protection. He just doesn't have the strength or strength to anchor down. I mean, it's, he has this kind of thicker lower half but you just don't see that show up in his pass walk he doesn't have like a like a super strong base um he, again he looks like he's athletically maxed out not much room for growth um you know uh good great pad level and play balance i mean he that's the one thing i notice is that no matter where he is whether he's just coming off the line and engaging a, a, a pass rusher or he's on the second level trying to hunt for a linebacker uh in in zone blocking he always is ready uh, with good pad level and balance to strike. You know, he's always got a great play stance at the full time. He's just a very well uh, uh, refined game, you know, to him. And just by my last few notes, technically sound, but athletically limited. I mean, that's just basically what we're seeing with both of these Frank guys, frankly, uh, him and Lindstrom. Where does he win? Great balance, command and control of his body. You know, I think he understands exactly what the assignment is. 
he he can do it uh he can he will get there he's just not going to dominate the competition when he gets when he arrives he's just not going to be that kind of super physical player uh, i think he likes that aspect of the game but i don't think he is quite the the physical uh dominating player that, that some of the other guys are all right just just forgetting like the projection to the nfl whose tape did you like better just sheer college tape Forgetting his, forgetting the projection. Yeah, just if you're grading these, just your tape. Well, who did you like better? I kind of think that I liked MP a little bit better. So did I. I mean, just in just on tape because just I, I like. Yep. I like that he. I like the way he moves. the The balance thing is a big deal because you know it just feels like no matter what he's doing. Uh, he's not getting out over his feet. He's not. He's he's playing w- well within himself. He's playing with control. Uh, he just seems mm-hmm. like he's 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 uh, he's he's com- in command of what is happening. He's not surprised uh, by anything. He's not you know falling off of blocks. He's he's not leaning over too much. I, I think to me the question is just what kind of athlete is this guy? Yeah. You know because and, and, and I, that's I think, and that's why I really ask that question is because yeah. Lynch is just a far better athlete. It, even if the tape isn't quite as good, I think it's similar, right? It's similar, yeah. It's I, just, I think Lindstrom could clean up a couple things and yeah. and automatically be a much better player than MP is. Yeah. But I, I, and not that he's not a, a, a non technical guy. It's just that MP's, you know, he's been in football for seven years. He's been college football for one way or another seven years. Even with he's on mission, it just feels like he's refined in a way that that you that you don't see Lindstrom is all the time yep. you know um my unanswered my unanswered question with him real quick is just that I, again is his floor high enough to be putting worth putting up with such a low ceiling you know he's just not going to get much better he plays center only it's the same question with Lindstrom really you know how what do you do with this guy if he's not good enough to be your starting center or backup center like where how do you fit him on the team it's a really good question because let's say the Cowboys want to stick with Biotis as their center, Farniak of the backup. Can you keep two centers on the practice squad? If the answer is no, you're probably going to take the guy with more upside versus the polish guy, right? Well, yeah, and I have to think, you know, that's probably part of the reason that they're talking about MP playing guard is that they're hoping that he could, you know, put on some weight and kind of serve a different role. I, it's it, I would guess that they probably like both of these guys, you know, as, as undrafted free agents, right? And I and I understand as far as undrafted free agent offensive linemen go, they're good. I think the question becomes like are they going to get better? How much better are they going to get? And how do you keep them on your team while they're getting better without, you know, exposing them to waivers or or, you know, that sort of thing. I I think that that's really going to be the difficult part is if they don't come in and make a strong impression right away, there's going to be some tough decisions to be made on exactly how you keep these guys on the roster. I also wanted to mention, um, according to Pro Football Focus, uh, MP is the highest graded pass blocking center to enter the league since 2018. Yeah, that's over uh, Tyler uh, Linderbaum at Iowa. And the third highest graded center in terms of run blocking, uh, in terms of war of, among all offensive linemen since 2018, he's second. So he's been wow. really, really good. And that's why I mentioned the college tape to you because – he was fantastic in college. It's just does coming from BYU in the a little bit of a smaller school and the huge jump in competition. How much is that going to knock him? Especially when he's a bad athlete. We'll see. Uh, uh, but I like him. the results look good. 
my question with him is does what what I saw on tape that was working for him in college work in the NFL? I, I don't know if it does because he's not finishing guys and the guys that he's not finishing are not NFL players, yeah. you know? So what are what are NFL players going to do when they get hit? Like what that? should be nice this year the first time in a while is I feel like we're going to get the preseason and the offensive line isn't going to be a complete disaster for, no. on no. the third and fourth games, right? Like yeah. it's not going to be just a train wreck like it is most years because I do think MP and Lindstrom, and if you have Farniak back there and you have Josh Ball, and we'll see with well, let's go. But like you have some guys that you've invested some good draft capital in, or guys that were highly thought of coming out of college. They've got some depth that's actually worth watching this year. Yeah, absolutely. And that's you know, in training camp, especially in preseason games, like you mentioned, that's key. You know, it really helps the evaluation process a lot easier when your team can function because it has an offensive line. All right, we got one more player to talk about. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Built Bar. Summer is coming, just like winter came. Uh, I later <laughs> wanted me to do a really bad Game of Thrones uh, part of this. But no. uh, it was summer coming. You're going to need some food with you to go. Uh, Built Bar is the perfect snack to take with you on the golf course, family vacations, or wherever you're going. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Uh, that means you can eat them because you know they're healthy, and you're actually going to enjoy doing it. Most Bilt Bars only contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, but 17 grams of protein. Compare that to your average candy bar that has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and it's not even really a contest. So go to Bilt.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Landon. Last guy we need to talk about. Micah Tafua, a edge rusher from Utah. Uh, Again, one of these older players that the Cowboys signed, tons of production coming out of Utah, but how does it translate to the NFL? Yeah, I mean, again, another guy where lots of production, lots of skill, the athleticism is what's, what worries you here, right? He's 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 got an odd – let's just say this. He has an odd match of skill set and, and body, right? Yes. Like he's a power player, but he's sub 6'3". He's sub 250 pounds. He's got sub 33-inch arms. They're skinny arms. They're skinny mm-hmm. legs. And he's got a, kind of a thick core, you know? It's like – in my sort of way, but not, in the, not, not nearly as bad. Uh, he, you know, he lined up mostly as a, in a two point stance uh, on the outside, but at the same time, you saw him in three point stances playing some three at several different points. They kind of just moved him all over the place. And I did a little bit of research on, on, on Tafua a little bit, you know, for Utah, he represented, I think 30% of their, of their, sack and pressures which is the highest in the nation like i think pretty much by far uh he was basically the only pressure player they had on that defense 
uh, and and you know they used him as they did, which is they didn't use him as such, which is weird, right? Like they like they, they, there were so many times when I see him dropping into coverage or or just kind of playing more of a traditional linebacker role, and then they would instead of you know actually it's like they played him in every position except for the one that he probably would play the best, which is like. Uh, 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 you know, a wide nine or a, 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 a seven technique where he's got his hands on the ground. You know, he's 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 playing seven standing up. He's playing a three technique. You know, I I think he's he's stiff and, and not explosive, uh, and so I think that's going to limit his pass rush upside. You know, de- beyond kind of developing what current power moves he already has now he does have some advanced hand usage he has like a stab swipe that he uses that that's i mean honestly like when he's coming out of the three-point stance he he keeps his pad level very low but when he's in the two-point stance it's almost like he just stands straight up and tries to, to fight with these guys i know that you can't i can't be the only person that saw this guy and thought bradley and i you know like i mean just Oh, maxed, yeah, out, maxed out limited traits with effort and execution. Like that's how he's winning. Like it's just, he's, he's going to win. I think he will have value for some teams because he's going to win lots of these late in the snap uh, situations. I saw a lot of late in the snap and unblocked sacks that he had, right? Unblocked stuff. I mean, that, that just happens with some of these pass rushers, but lots of these kind of, First effort's not going to get there. Second effort doesn't quite get there. Third effort gets there as the guy's sitting in the pocket. Um, his tackle radius isn't great, and it can cause inconsistent finish at times. There were times where you saw him kind of overthrottle to the quarterback, and because of his tackle radius, he gets his hands off on the quarterback but then falls off because he can't bring the guy down. Uh, he's got very good hand-eye coordination. He gets his hands into passing lanes. You see him knocking balls down a lot. Good at lowering his pads to obtain and hold leverage on the outside. He can set the edge as, as a run defender, what I think which will be valuable for him. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. He needs to improve his get off. I mean, he's just mm. slow to react to the snap, and he does, doesn't have great explosion. When he does win early, the, the the times when he does win early, it's when he's coming from a three point stance on the outside, where his pad level is low, and he can use quick hand techniques. If he if he gets to a point where he's like hand fighting with these guys, it's over. He just doesn't have the athleticism to kind of give a second effort. No, uh, unless he's he, unless, he's, unless he unless he unless he you know is just outworking the guy, and then eventually it's a cleanup sack. Where does he win uh, relentless effort and execution and unanswered questions to me is if he doesn't provide value as a special teamer, which I, I just don't know how much value you're going to get a special teamer out of this guy. Just, he doesn't, he's not really athletic. Uh, Can he provide enough value as a bottom of the rotation pass rusher, enough value to uh, the bottom of a pass rush rotation to stick around in the league? We talk all the time about what Dan Quinn wants from like a right defensive end, right? He wants guys that are sub four six forty yard dash uh, that can bend, and he'll teach them the rest, right? Tafua is the opposite, right? Like yeah. the handwork is really good. I think he's pretty advanced that way. The technique is good, but he just doesn't have the athleticism, and it's it's so tough because he was very productive last year in the Pac twelve. Uh, his win rate over the last three years was 16%, second best Time. in the conference, only behind Kayvon Thibodeau. I, the, I struggle with this one, Landon, because I, I, I want it too. to happen, but this seems like a guy that probably sticks around in some practice squads, has a couple of nice moments in the preseason, but I just don't see, just don't see him probably having a big impact in the NFL. I, I think he needs to be a, 
outside linebacker in a three in a three four, but there's just not a lot of that anymore. You know, like it's just it's it's three four four three is going away. It's more about odd and even fronts, and even the odd and even the odd fronts are 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 different nowadays. You know, they're oh, they're, yeah. they're running yeah. them more like three threes. You know, they're kind of interesting nickel stuff. I would have liked this guy as kind of a Sam linebacker in like the early 2000s versions of a 3-4, right? Yes. I think he can do a little bit of everything. He yes. can pressure the quarterback and, uh, if you needed to. I think the fact that he can play the run as well as he does uh, gives him a chance. That, that you know, I, I think you know, he, because he doesn't have the requisite athleticism to be a pass rusher only. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he's not he's not so uh, uh, enticing as a pass rush specialist to uh, uh, to stick on a roster. If Bradley and I can't make it as a pass rush specialist, this guy definitely can't. Uh, and, and I think the fact that he has a better run chops, I think, will actually help him potentially down the road if someone can will be willing to develop him a little bit. I think he could end up being a useful uh, backup defensive end, outside linebacker hybrid type guy, uh, because I think he can give you some snaps early on first down, and then on third down, you know, be part of a pass rush. Yeah. Certainly not the focus. What, what's going to hurt him is that he's going to turn 26 as a rookie, yeah. and he's not a great athlete. So, yeah. how many teams, including the Cowboys, are going to put this guy in the practice squad and say, "Hey, two, three years down the road, let's see what we have." Probably not many, right? So uh, I'm not ruling him out having a great training camp in preseason. I can almost guarantee you I'm going to tweet out a gif of him beating Matt well, Let's Go in practice, and we're all going to get excited for about five minutes. But I just don't know how it's going to translate to the NFL. I would love to be wrong here, though. Real quick, I've been comparing him to Bradley and I, but the, the big difference here, of course, is that Bradley and I is three years younger than, than Mike Tufua. Yeah. Like that's. I think I think Bradley and I was a better college player, frankly. Yeah. So so we'll see. Again, when you get somebody that's that productive coming out of college in a big, you know, a big school like Utah that does have a bunch of NFL players, you can't write them off. It's just I think the other two guys have a much better chance of sticking in the NFL. All these guys are going to be very useful in training camp. Because I think you know, like to, you know, Tafua may not make the team, or or maybe he makes some other team, but at the very least, I think he's going to give you good looks for some of your down roster folks as they're trying to work their way up into training camp. You're not just you know, this guy's got skills. Like he can at least show an yes. offensive tackle yes. some hand movements that they're going to see in the NFL. So uh, I think that there are there is value to the team overall for some of these guys, just having them on the roster and then having them be involved in the reps that that the players take in the training camp. What's tough is like last year we saw the Cowboys side with Azur Kamara over Bradley and I, right? Like they ended up releasing an eye uh, and keeping Kamara. Now they eventually released Kamara as well once they got some other guys back, but it's pretty clear they want athleticism over polished players. Um, so this one's tough, but we'll see. Don't be surprised at all if Tafua has a really strong training camp, a really strong preseason, and does make it hard for the Cowboys to cut him, especially if. You know, he comes out of the preseason with multiple pressures or a sack or two. He'll be an interesting guy to watch. No, all right, no, that is not, it for today's show. Go ahead. Do you have a final thought? No, no I was just going to say, not all these guys come in to be uh, to make a roster. Some of these guys come in to help facilitate training camp and, and give you good looks just to bring in talent. So if Tafua comes in and, and actually shows himself able to actually stick around on the on the team somehow – 
that's gravy. Like the best yeah. part is that getting a guy like this who has some experience, who has some skins to the wall, to kind of at least come in and just bring a competitive uh, temper temperament to training camp. Yeah, I cannot wait to watch. Well, let's go the six eight offensive tackle try to block a six two yeah. two hundred forty pound edge rusher. It's going to be really fun to practice. Uh, yep. All right. Make sure you guys check us out tomorrow. We're going to be talking uh, about a couple other defensive guys that you should uh, maybe be interested in. Wednesday, we're going to be talking about some pass catchers that the Cowboys signed. And frankly, I think all three of the guys that they signed uh, for the pass catchers have a realistic shot to make the roster. So you won't want to miss those shows. Uh, Follow the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on YouTube. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys next time. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.